Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. We've deemed Elliot Greenman expendable. Which is funny, too, because if, like, if someone's trying to get out of jury duty and go into the effort of writing the letter, like, I think that's someone you don't want on a jury. Because it's like, and I, that's what will happen. If I get on a pool, I'll instantly be dismissed because they're going to be like, do you feel like you can serve on this jury? I'm like, no, I, this is a huge financial burden for me. I'm stressed out, and that's all I'm going to be thinking about. You should also tell them you have, like, a irritable bowel syndrome and that you can yeah. explosive diarrhea at any second. Yeah. And then if, that, if I get on, if I get some, if I actually have to get report, if I get on a pool, I'll instantly be dismissed for the entirety of it and won't have to come back. But there's a fair chance that I'm not even on a pool and I'm just sitting in a room waiting every day for a week yeah. until until my p- time's over. Man, that sounds like a fate worse than death. Worse than sudden death? <laughs> I thought that was going to be a good segue, but it's <laughs> just kind of rolled into the ditch welcome to the trash heap podcast the show where we're out to prove that there are no garbage movies only garbage opinions we're giving discarded gems a second chance i'm elliot joined by keith as always movies 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 you like movies keith yeah i like watching them and talking about them and thinking about them then this is like your dream scenario then. Yeah, how did I get so lucky? I'm such a lucky boy. You are I the can't luckiest. Wait to go home and be on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Today we watched a movie called Sudden Death from like 1995. Yeah. Right? The peak Star- of action films. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, it's uh do you have a few minutes to talk about our Lord and Savior JCVD? Oh my god, yes I do. Because he is perfectly miscast in this role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there could not be a worse down on his luck every man than Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> um, and then we got Powers Booth. Isn't it too? There's that guy. Hey, is, from... is Benny from Total Recall one of the goons? No, that's uh, he's the it's the dude from... Full Metal Jacket is who you're thinking of. Or, or, no, you mean like one of the, not like the inside man, but like one of the terrorists? Yeah, one of the machine gun goons. Oh, uh, ma- uh, you know, I don't know. I wasn't really paying that close attention. I, but I noticed him right away. He talking was, about the guy with the flat top? No, 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 no. He's got like uh, short hair. He's in the, like at the beginnings, the, one of the opening crime scenes where they oh. uh, shoot the guys in the van. And then he's yeah. just, for the rest of the movie, he's just kind of walking around with a gun. That may be, yeah, maybe. He looks a little, like, rough, like uh, like he aged quite a bit or yeah. you know, had seen some like shit, it, but it, I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, There was a lot of people, and maybe I just wasn't paying that close of attention, but there was a lot of people where a new goon would show up, and I was like, where'd you come from? Yeah. Like, you're all in that room. Like, where? who are you? Like... They yeah, do not know. introduce the goons quite as well as other movies of this. So, I mean, if, if before we get too like into the nitty gritty, like this is part of the uh, diehard ilk. This is uh, right in, in the '90s. There was a time when it was diehard in a fill in the blank. Right. And this like, is diehard in a hockey arena. 
Right. Like you got Die Hard on a Under Siege is Die Hard on a boat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Under Siege 2 is Die Hard on a train. Cliffhanger is Die Hard on an iceberg. Uh, That's a mountain. (laughs) Not an iceberg. You're thinking of Titanic. (laughs) Die Hard on a sledding hill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's in that genre. It's also got that guy who's playing the vice president, which. How many times do you think that guy has played the vice president, the president, or a senator? Like, it seems like that's all that guy does. Oh, yeah. I don't know or his some name. some type of crooked politician, what have you. Yeah. But it's like, it's like oh, the, it's, he's the, he is the vice president. That is, his, that is his lot in life. So this movie is about... Well, first off, Keith, I don't know. Before we jump right in, is there any other shout-outs you want? Like, did you watch anything... New and exciting that you want to tell the kids about? I rewatched Death Warrant, which is another Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And that yeah. was not so good. That was a very want... strange artifact of the I haven't time watched period. that one in a while, but that's always been one of kind of one of my favorites. The ending fight scene is very cool, but the rest of the movie is a real head scratcher. Oh, it's fucking weird. It tried to be like a, like a prison movie with something to say. But then right. there's also, I don't know... Maybe there was something wrong with the version that I watched, but there was straight up like big chunks just missing. Like oh, events weird. would happen and we'd jump around and it was like, what the fuck? Where are mm. we? It's been a while, but yeah, I would it say like weird. But I mean, honestly, that's most of the time. That's what I'm going for with a John Claude Van Damme movie. Like I want the one that makes the least amount of sense. That's the goofiest. Because I often feel like in this movie, Sudden Death, the more serious they get, and I guess technically higher quality they get, the less entertaining they become for me because they never really surpass into good movie. So when it kind of hovers in like that, like this is a step up, but still not great. I like that less than the, just the the bonkers nonsense crap, you know. Yeah. To this day, I think Double Impact might be the all around best Van Damme movie there is. It's pretty great. It's pretty good, and it's it really like ex- exploits his talents like in the best right. way. Like right. the action is really geared towards making him look like ten million bucks. It's fun and wacky and over the top and all that stuff. But oh, uh, and it's like the explanation for things too, because he plays like twins switched at birth. You know, grow, they grow up in different parts of the world, but they both have the same accent because he grows up in France. And the other one gets raised by French nuns in China. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, like the, the overly convenient stuff like that. What See, that's what, I, that's what I'm looking for in Van Damme movies, you yeah. know, not like, not a, not skilled filmmaking. Beyond that, I t- caught the, uh, the Blue Beetle there. You know, they got the oh, superhero yeah. movie. Yeah. How was that? I thought it was pretty, pretty solid. Had really, really great action. Really? Okay. Uh, and then uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely written towards a younger audience, and I think kids will kids will love it. There's a little bit of stuff there for adults, but not too much. So I didn't. Well, ju- I think that's judge okay. Too I, th- I think that's okay with you know particularly these superhero movies because so many of them exist in this realm between being serious but also being like a guy in a costume, and it, that's a hard thing to pull off. And not as many of them pull it off as they think they do. You know. Uh, so I'm often watching some of these and like, I like superhero movies, but it just gets kind of, it gets kind of be, I don't know, a slog or I groan a lot while watching it because I'm like, why is this so serious, but also so goofy? 
Well, and also you, know. you don't have to like cater every superhero movie towards you know men in their forties. Exactly. Just because they have the most uh, dispensable income to right. just comics and know right. all the lore and all this shit. So right. I, I thought it was good. I was yeah. entertained by it. Uh, it's not going to change my life, but I'm still buzzing from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, though. Damn. After completing the Jurassic World series, Fallen Kingdom is awesome. All right. Well, it's I, a I, crazy sci-fi monster movie. When you hear, you're like, we want to go see a dinosaur adventure movie. Right. It has the goods. I've not seen the the, the newest one yet. Dominion. Yeah. With that's the one with all the they bring everybody back and everybody got all back the, all the people you know and love. It the is the entire world terrible. is infested infested with dinosaurs. It is the least fun and exciting and interesting and entertaining it i rolled my eyes and groaned so much it was just exhausting i couldn't believe it i was like how is this this bad so uh fallen kingdom is where it's at well okay let's see i have watched uh i guess in the big monstery type stuff there's that new show monarch yeah legacy of monsters i've watched the first two episodes uh-huh. it's not great uh-oh and it's annoying because there's so much like potential there, particularly with like the alternating timelines, you know. But it's just everything is like needlessly intense, you know. Where like every character has some sort of connection to another character or some sort of history that's big and dramatic, and it's everybody. Yeah. Like there's no there's no two people who meet him like, oh hey, how's it going? I was like, oh, do you remember what you did? You know, like, that's every interaction. Like, wow. I said I was sorry, you know. Uh, so it's just needlessly intense all the time and trying to manufacture some sort of drama. There's also just weird things, too, where it's, like, the timelines don't match up at all in sense of the different characters. Cause like, so Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell are playing the same character just at different uh, times in their life. But based on, like, if you based on, like, the timeline and how old characters are... Kurt Russell's character should be, like, in his 90s. Yeah. But Kurt Russell is clearly not in his 90s. And, in fact, I say he looks very good, very good for the age that he is. So, if anything, he's looks, you know, 10 years younger than he actually is. And it just, it just like, doesn't, like, doesn't work, you know? And also, like, the John Goodman character from... Skull Island. Skull Island, yeah. He's in it. Like, John Goodman's actually in the opening scene of the first episode. And then one of the dudes from Workaholics is playing the younger version of himself, of that character, but like only by like a 10 year age gap. And I was like, you're telling me in 10 years or 10, 15 years, you went from this dude to John Goodman in his seventies. And it just, it's just not jiving. Just like, I mean, you know, those are technicalities that would be more forgivable if the rest of the show was better, but I'm kind of hope holding out that it might get better. Cause it's not terrible. It's just kind of like, Man, there's a lot of missed opportunities here. Yeah, maybe just wait for it to get going. Yeah. But what I can recommend is The Curse, which is another new show. You'll have to be more specific. So it is Nathan Fielder from shows such as Nathan For You and... uh, The Audition. The Rehearsal. Rehearsal. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, It's him. I thought I really had it. 
<laughs> and it's not like those shows where they're, they're like pseudo reality shows. Like he's playing a character that's not Nathan Fielder in this. Who's filming a reality show? And Emma Stone is his wife. And it is a show that is not incredibly easy to describe. But it seems like the pitch for it was, you know, my previous shows were pretty cringy, but not cringy enough. How about how about if I make literally everyone uncomfortable for every second they're watching the show? And I know that's not for everybody, but it certainly is for me. Yeah, you love that's, to suffer. I like to squirm. You watch television inside of an Iron Maiden. Yes, correct. <laughs> so that one is also a show that's currently going still. It's like a limited series, but uh, it's only like three episodes in so far out of... Well, actually, by the time this our show comes out, it'll be like, I think, four episodes in, but four out of ten episodes. So I'd say get on it. Catch up. How follow exciting. along. Now, where are you at, uh, to get back to Giant Lizards, where are you at on this Godzilla minus one, which as of this... Uh, episode dropping it should be out in theaters well i'll tell you exactly where i am i bought tickets to go see it on saturday yesterday nice are you going to imax or standard viewing there's only available in a standard viewing near me so i noticed there is an entry on one of my nearby theaters that mentions something about subtitles yeah because it is a japanese production well what that sort of alarmed me because only one of the entries mentioned went out of their way to mention the subtitles. All oh, the I other see. entries did not mention anything. So am I to understand that if I went to any of those other places, I would just get like some crappy dub? It's possible. Oh, that's yeah. scary. I'm but glad I'm ex- I consulted you first. But I'm excited. Uh, I've never actually seen a, a Godzilla movie that was like a, you know, not an American Godzilla movie in the theater yeah. before. So that'll be a lot of fun. And it looks pretty good. I thought so. Yeah. I, I Did you see the previous uh, like Toho produced Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla? No. I love that. That's one of my favorite Godzilla movies. Really? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's excellent. And this is the follow-up to that. Not in continuity, just the next movie that they're producing. And he's got uh, the, it's the one where he's got the really short arms and the super long tail, right? That's Shin Godzilla. Yes. Yeah. But that's only like a, this isn't really like a spoiler, but that's only one of his forms. Like it's, what? he's, he's a rapidly evolving species. What? So he comes out of the water. When he first comes out of the water, he looks, he's complete- just a tadpole. Yes, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And then he takes on, uh, multiple forms up until until his reaching his pseudo final form. That and sounds actually, awesome. I'm gonna add and that actually to the I, list. And uh, actually, so I read this thing once that in like the uh, the in the uh, that wasn't actual part of the script, but just like in the kind of the character universe world building, they wrote what would happen if he was not defeated, and that he would just keep evolving and basically turn into the universe and then all it's yeah it's it's i'll try and send the link to you i can't remember all the details but it sounded really cool and it was a real way to like take that notion and use that to inform you how you how you write the script and like what is this character capable of even if it never gets to that point yeah i'll find there's a there's a video that like breaks it all breaks it all down 
because apparently there's, you know, how they have those like making of books of movies, you know, with the production designs and all that stuff. Yeah. There's one of those, but it was only uh, published in Japanese, but whoever did this video could read Japanese and uh, translated everything for it. So it's pretty cool. That sounds amazing. But Shin Godzilla is really cool. Uh, it really kind of focuses more on like, it's not like, it's not found footage, but it kind of has a documentary-esque feel to it a lot of times where it's a lot of, or a news, you sometimes you feel like you're watching newscasts. Yeah, they do something. the, it's the shaky cam that's like not, you know, too shaky. And then they do right. the zooms and all that. Right, yeah. yeah. So it has kind of like this, like, yeah, pseudo-documentary-esque feel to it. And a lot of things are shown through like, oh, people are watching it on TV or so, but it has it has mostly to do with uh, the bureaucratic response to a disaster. Oh, so it's just insurance people filling out forms. I mean, at times, yes. <laughs> at times, yeah, where it's just like, and people are saying like, people are talking to scientists and be like, what do you think? Is like, well, I don't want to say anything because I could be legally responsible if it's if I if I give the wrong analysis of uh, the Godzilla monster. So I, I'm not going to offer any insights. <laughs> Just people having meetings that go nowhere. I love Yes. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, check that one out. Uh, you, are you going to go to Minus One this weekend? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. I was looking at it just to see. Uh, I heard it was opening this weekend, and I was like, let me see what uh, what the deal is, where it's playing. Well, it's hell. playing almost everywhere. I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be a, a more of a limited release. Yeah. Because um, I was looking at showtimes, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to drive to Federal Way or Olympia to to see this." And then they just added uh, some showtimes near me. There we go. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. There's a, yeah. some movies out. There are some movies out. There's some movies. Most of them out. I don't want to see, but I do want to see this one. You got the big. Uh, what do they got there? The uh, Hungry Bird movie. What is that called? The uh, The Hunger Games. A song of oh yeah, the uh, song of swallowtails and oxblood or whatever. <laughs> you know, I actually surprisingly quite enjoyed the Hunger Game movies, but I don't really have any interest in seeing this one. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it ends up on Netflix, I'll probably watch it. You know, sure. yeah, I'm not really terribly invested in the series, but uh, who knows? I'm game for anything. Yeah, it was but, a movie when the first one came out. I was a movie I had zero interest in though too. And then I ended up watching. I was like, oh, I really enjoyed this. So who knows? Maybe I should try it. There was something else out this weekend. Like opening this weekend? Or maybe it was already out. Oh, uh, Silent Night. Is that already out? The new John Woo movie. It comes out uh, December 1st. Oh, I want to see that. I heard mixed reviews about Silent Night. I didn't read too much into them because I didn't want to sort of get my expectations set. Oh, and the holdovers I wanted to see. Yeah, I do want to see that. I don't know what it's about. It's about like uh kids who have to like stay at like or like at boarding school or a private school who have to stay at school during the holidays. What? With a cranky teacher. That sounds awesome. That's exactly what I did in college. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm relating to this movie right now. Back to Silent Night real quick though. Yes. This is uh John Woo's return to uh, action filmmaking in the United States starring Joel, uh, old friend of the show, Joel Kinnaman. Old friend of the show. Isn't he, or no, who we, who am I thinking of? Who's Captain Boomerang? 
That's a uh, uh, Jai Courtney. No, Jai Courtney's an old friend of the show, but Joel Kinnaman's kind of on the same level. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's not, it's not, it's not uh, inconceivable that you would mix the two up. Yeah, but this, this could be his. He plays a a guy, you know, as one does a, a right. guy out for revenge, and uh, he doesn't talk. The film is called Silent Night because there's no dialogue in the movie. Oh, or so I've heard. Directed by uh, legendary action director John Woo. So we'll I don't see. know. You could do a lot worse than that, baby. When was the last time he made a John Woo made a movie that you were had fun watching? No idea. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's probably Face Off. Speaking of Face Off, one of my favorite gimmicks. Let's talk about sudden death now because okay. this movie is pretty fun. This movie is set in a hockey rink. Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme plays a. I guess disgraced former firefighter, and we'll get into that what that actually means. Who now works as a fire inspector at a a major arena, which is a pretty cool job. So I'm not really sure how this is. Yeah, he's like, a fire marshal. He's not like he's not been downgraded in position. If anything, he's been promoted. Yeah, it's a it's a real head scratcher as far as why yeah. he's like sort of. Well, the opening sees. Seen as him like not being able to save someone from a fire, and it's more like he can't. He 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 himself is like I can't go back into the fire. I'm a failure. Like it didn't ruin his reputation or his career. No, just like, he, uh, he his has marriage like a, and the perception of his kids. Who right, think he's he, a loser now. <laughs> and he has and he has like a kind of a self imposed inspection job. But it's a it's a inspection job that still comes with like a lot of responsibility and authority and anywhere in the universe pay. it would be a cool like if I met someone with that job I'd be like cool you're doing well in life this is awesome. I mean I know some fire I have known lots of people who work in fire protection including my father not he wasn't a firefighter but he worked on the prevention aspect of it and I've known a lot of firefighters through him and just in my personal life and basically like that's the job you like strive to get because it's easy and makes a lot of money and you don't have to jump into a fire yeah so it's kind of like oh you're not 30 anymore you want to get something like that so we smash cut from the the horrible icy glare of a dead little girl to the game seven of the Stanley Cup finals right hockey game <laughs> oh man this movie man but uh like I was saying one of my favorite like little uh, motifs in this movie is the is the countdown it's right we, we get this like intermittent countdown of you know 16 hours until face off which right. is obviously it's the start of the the very important Stanley Cup final hockey game but it is also clearly a reference to the uh, face off between Jean-Claude Van Damme's character and this group of criminals who take over right. the arena but i looked at it as oh boy i can't wait until uh face off starts and like just in the middle of the movie when the countdown ends like the movie face off is just <laughs> <laughs> You could you could make that mashup, you know. Which is a better action movie overall, but I think that this is still a pretty solid movie. I'll say this: this movie was like, for the first third of it, I was like, kind of like pretty ho hum about it, like not like bad or anything, but I was just like, 
It was just kind of like, yeah, this is kind of by the numbers. Yeah, definitely. And, there is no surprises. And, uh, they were setting and, it all up. Yeah, it was just kind of like, I don't care about these characters or anything that's going on. You really have Once, to marvel at, like, if you know the Die Hard formula, like, they're checking right. the boxes, like, in right. order. Yeah, absolutely. Just not as and not sure. as entertainingly and not done with characters you care about and, you know, whatnot. But once, like, it starts happening, it's pretty good. And I, it's also kind of fun because things, like, dramatic things will happen very quickly. So it's kind of like, at first I was, like, when I was watching it, not that invested. I wasn't paying attention that close closely. And then at times I'd look over and be like, what, how did we get to this point? Like, how did we get from A to B so quickly? Like, one moment ago everything was normal, and now... And now it's like, oh, like a perfect example. Like there's a scene where he's like running through. This is later in the movie once it starts getting good. But he was like, he's just kind of like running through uh, the stadium, like through the stands. And then I went up to get a drink of water and I filled my water glass. When I came back, he's in a hockey uniform and he's oh, now yeah. the new. And I was just like, how the fuck did this happen? And part of me was like, I guess I should rewind this. But I was like, I like it better that this happened so quickly. That I could, I could, I could look away for three seconds, and all of a sudden, now he's playing in the hockey game. That I didn't want to know how it happened. The same exact thing happened to me. Like I got up to get a snack, and yeah, all of a sudden he was living out his uh, past glory days as a, a semi-pro hockey goalie, and I was like, right. "When the fuck did that happen?" <laughs> right, and it's like normally you you kind of would pause these things, but I was just kind of like, "Oh, it's fine." Like he's just running through the stands. I'm gonna get a drink of water. I know what's going to happen, where the how, where this scene's going to lead into the next, lead into next. And then you come back, and it's not at all what you thought was going to happen. And I mean, this like, like I said, at first I was kind of like, ah, this is fine. Like I don't really not going to have a whole lot to say about this movie, which I still probably don't have a ton to say about it, because uh, it was just kind of like right in the middle of the road, like perfectly entertaining and fine but not like exceptionally good or exceptionally bad and then it just starts getting pretty pretty wacky like all of a sudden and he's playing hockey i mean what do you and he's not only is he playing hockey but then after he like scores a goal or something he does sign language to his kid in the stadium so his kid will know that it's him and he won the hockey game I guess he didn't win the hockey game or at that point, but just did something good. And he's winning back the love of his son who thinks he's a failure. Yeah, that kid thinks he's such a loser. But his daughter, early on in the movie, apropos of nothing, is like, I learned this thing in sign language that means I love you. Right. And she teaches it to Jean-Claude Van Damme, and he's a nice guy, good, good dad. So he tries yeah. to internalize it and memorize it, and they do it a handful of more... Uh, times throughout the movie but it it's not like his daughter is you know deaf or anything or like it doesn't really come into play other than being like a way for them to communicate but there right. is at least that payoff of like we set this up at the beginning and now here's why we did it and the right. same thing with him mentioning that he used to play semi-pro hockey in canada for a little bit right yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like he's the goalie it's like they drop in these little bits of dialogue just so that those things later on don't seem totally fucking stupid. That's a credit to uh, P filmmaker Peter Hyams. Yeah, which uh, we've done. Yes, Peter Hyams, who did also Time Cop with Van Damme. And maybe another one? Did he do another Van Damme movie as well, perhaps? 
definitely did at least those two. Peter Hyams is one of those guys. He's not really working anymore, but was made a shit ton of movies from the 70s to the 90s and kind of in all different genres. And he was just kind of like known as like a reliable working man director, you know, doesn't it didn't necessarily have a distinct style, but it could just like crank out competently made movies. And that he did. Like, if you yeah. look at his filmography, like... There's some stinkers, but most of them are, like, solid. Not great, but solid. No, but you love, like, uh, Outland. Outland's really good. Uh, um, I know a lot of people like Running Scared with Richard Pryor. That's a pretty yeah, popular that, movie. Yeah. What else? Oh, the Capricorn Monsters? One. What the, why does it say The he Monsters? Was a, he, was, he was a producer on The Monsters Aha, Squad. There it yeah. is. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm one of the people like The Relic... Yeah, yeah though, I think the relic is, it's another one of those, like, oh, here's a fresh kind of monster movie that isn't, like, it's not overly ambitious. It's just a nice, tidy little movie. Uh, uh, End of Days? End of Days is solid. Yeah, we've done that on the show before. A Sound of Thunder, maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh, there he definitely has, like, a... Not sure a how team. he was even... That movie doesn't even like a lot of his movies have a distinct look, like they're all photographed pretty consistently because right. he is also a DP. But uh, Sound of Thunder does not look like one of his movies. Narrow Margin, that's another, that's like a really solid thriller movie from with Gene Hackman from the early 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he made 2010, like the sequel to 2001, which is, if you put them like a side by side comparison, yeah, it's maybe a lesser film. But if you just watch it as a movie in and of itself, it is a really solid, like, uh, space movie. Yeah. So, when I mean, like, and that's kind of, like, a pretty impossible task. It's like, hey, make a sequel to 2001, you know, 25 years later or whatever long later it was. So, yeah, these are all solid for the most part. There's yeah. some stinkers in there, but, like, a, a very, you know overall good filmography agreed and i mean even here like this whole movie is very competently filmed all the action scenes are really well done and kind of given scope and scale aside from a handful of like dodgy visual effects it's rock solid oh this is actually funny i'm looking at this you you brought up how he was the dp or how he's a dp and i was like i wonder who did the uh, cinematography percent of thunder it was him oh man he, he was must the have DP been phoning on it. it in yeah I and mean, he's he's actually the dp on pretty much everything he's done yeah i noticed that right away during the uh opening credits of this movie because it's not even like there's no cold open there's no like nothing it's just white credits on a black screen yeah which is very uncommon mm-hmm. you know you brought you brought up the countdown thing i also really enjoy the uh how the because uh, the team what's going on is like the the terrorists have the whole stadium held hostage the the vice president is there he's they in the, don't he's even in, know it right the only people who are there's only a handful of people who are even know that this is going on most of the people the, none of the players know the audience is all just watching they don't know that that it's going on and then so you have the commentary from the sports announcers and everything they're saying is mirroring what's actually happening with the terrorists. But all using like sports announcer lingos, like, like oh the fans are so excited, this uh this stadium is about ready to explode, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's one of the other great points is they took the 
the hockey game sort of uh, backdrop and gimmick. And yeah. they really like maximize the it's like it's it's kind of silly, but it's also fun and just employed well. Like even the the idea that uh, the main villain is a, like a Secret Service operative, uh, you know, trying to milk the government out of money or whatever. But he is sort of demanding the uh, the money be transferred into his accounts by the end of each period of the game. Or right. he's going to kill the hostages, and so and we get the, like a thrilling kind of countdown towards each period. And there, what I love it too is he's going. He's he's like, I don't have all my money. I'm going to blow it up. But then you know, at the end of this period, then there's a few seconds left, and then the team scores and ties up the game. And he goes like, Okay, well, we're going into sudden death overtime. Yeah, and then when that that hits on the when that happens and hits on the the big scoreboard and it says sudden death the title oh, of the movie great. the entire arena explodes and cheers yeah. but it's also i like how the terrorist is all like well i said at the end of the game you got an overtime like i have to follow my own rules yeah he plays by his rules and him yeah. and van damme have a conversation where you know van damme says we're gonna play a game and here are the rules and mm-hmm. you know they adhere to all of them mm-hmm. one thing i also really like about this movie is just how sweaty van damme is oh yeah Van Damme is often someone who's sweaty in films, but this might be his sweatiest yeah. of all time. And uh, one thing I like about, and I think we've talked about this on the show, I think maybe we talked about it in the Cyborg episode, but unlike a lot of other action stars of this era, not certainly not all of them, Van Damme had no problem getting the shit kicked out of him in movies, getting like covered in blood and mud. You know, there was a lot of these guys like Stallone who lot and I mean, there's definitely exceptions with Stallone, but a lot of times like his ego would get in the way of anyone being able to land a punch on him type yeah. of thing. And that's definitely the case with Seagal. Uh, you know, it's like he had no problem being like, yeah, just beat the living hell out of me, throw me down in the mud and I will rise up like, a, you know, a phoenix, you know, from the ashes. So... Just how sweaty and out of, you know, seemingly outmatched he is throughout this. Uh, I like, I like that. I like, I like the the grime. Did they ever explain his skill set? No, not at all. Why he, why he's such a good fighter. If Yeah, you know, in some of his movies, they'll either explain his skills or he'll use very little martial arts so that it's not very flashy. Right. Like... I think like nowhere to run or something like that. He only kicks once. It's like mostly punches, right? Stuff like that. But here he starts out seemingly very like mellow. But like uh, for example, when he's fighting the Pittsburgh Penguins mascot, mm-hmm. he starts throwing out some pretty wild spin kicks and stuff. And I was waiting. There is a point where the the criminals look up his information and like do a background check and i was waiting for something to come out but it as far as i know it didn't no they do a thing about like explaining like why he's kind of like explaining why he's so good at like uh making like makeshift weapons on the fly and that's like oh he's a he's he it's part of his job as a fire marshal he's gonna have to be know about things like explosives and, yeah you know which is kind of a little like okay but at least it like is some level of explanation of like why he's able to make all these like MacGyver esque 
weapons and explosives, you know, within seconds. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess they could have done something too. Like he was a, he was a firefighter in the Marines. You know, they could have said that, which they didn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. But also, not, the not, hand-to-hand fights aren't really the focus in the same way they are in other movies. Other of his movies, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's not I mean, like he these big showdowns where like the demonstration of style and things like that is important. Right. It's these I mean, are it fights for survival. They're pretty messy. It definitely does seem like he is should be more outmatched than he is. Yeah, you know, like if he like. If there was more scenes of him just kind of getting lucky in, in these fights, I think that would have gone a lot way in like selling it, the plausible aspect of it. Maybe the fact that he's an ex hockey player should be like, oh, hockey players fight. So there you go. That's why he's better than these ex Secret Service agents. Yeah, but it, it, the the fights, the at least the first couple of fights, especially, are surprisingly violent. Like you would expect them yeah. to sort of like ramp it up as the you know we progress, and he's sort of fighting for his life, but it's. He immediately kills the the hockey mascot uh, by putting them into a dishwasher, and then he kills uh, one of the criminals by stabbing him in the neck with a bone. I also think it's funny, like if you haven't seen this movie, you're just like, he killed the hockey mascot without clarifying that it was one of the terrorists dressed up as the hockey mascot. Sure. Like, why? Why did he kill the hot mascot? What did he do? Well, it could have been anyone under there, you know. That's true. Yeah, the terrorists in this, they're all either Secret Service agents gone gone bad or just assassins, and, you know, uh, for hire. One of whom looks exactly like Bono. Oh, yeah, that's YouTube. true. Powers Booth being the main villain, playing... I think he's still a currently active Secret uh, Service agent, right? Uh, yeah, they mentioned something about him working in, like, counterfeiting or something like that. Which is, right. Is that actually a division of the Secret Service? It is, know. yes. It, it actually is? is. Yeah, like the, the, uh, like, the Guardian of the President is just, like, one small thing that out of the many things they do. Really? In fact, actually, uh, what's that one with Clint Eastwood? Uh, in the Line of Fire? Gun! Yeah, that one. You know where he's he's shouting gun. <laughs> he's gun in but the it's, trailer over and over again. Right, but in that in that movie, it actually starts with them doing counterfeit work before being put on presidential detail. Oh, I think maybe that's I'll, actually. Maybe I'll go down the Wikipedia rabbit hole. That might be like one of the biggest things they do is counterfeit. Whoa! So there you go. No wonder they call them the Secret Service because that's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that line too. It's like. Why do you keep telling people that you're members of the Secret Service? It's supposed aren't you supposed to be secret? <laughs> <laughs> See, this uh, whole movie, man, this whole movie is no, it's not the greatest action movie you've seen. It's no. not as fresh and original and kind of all over entertaining as as Die Hard or some of the similar movies. But it it's like a just a like a decent cheeseburger. Right. It doesn't have any extra bullshit. It might have like a little bit of secret sauce on it in some parts, but there's no brioche bun. There's right. no like pickled vegetables. There's no like sprouts. It's just a cheeseburger and it's a pretty solid one. Good yeah. old reliable cheeseburger. Nothing beats it. Well, frankly, you know, it's kind of like this was one of the Van Damme movies of I think I've seen most of the movies from his prime era, you know, yeah. I, I obviously when he started doing like massive amounts of direct to video stuff, most of that shit I've not seen. Some of sure. it I have, but you know, like 
but like his era from like 85 to like 96 when he was yeah you know king of the peak world star. i've seen most of those movies but i've never seen this one and starting it i was pretty like i said pretty ho-hum about it initially i kind of wish it was a movie i'd seen before years past and revisited yeah you know uh because I initially just kind of like watching. I was like, oh, "Why are we watching this? Like, I don't, I'm not gonna have anything to say about it. Uh, it's fine, you know, but I don't really care." And then, like, I was just like, "Oh, okay. No, this is pretty good. This is pretty good." Yeah, they won you over in the end. Yeah, but it is like I think you're right though. Like, there is kind of like a flatness to it, mm-hmm. and also, like I said at the beginning of the show, Van Dam is actually like grossly miscast here. He does not seem like an everyman, and he does not kind of garner that. He's good with the kids, I think. I think he has enough range that he can emote with them, but you could have done a lot better with, uh, I don't know who I would cast in this. Uh, I don't know, somebody like um, John Cusack, somebody like that, or even like, you know who would would have been great is uh, Nicolas Cage. Hot oh, off sure, the heels yeah. of like The Rock, like playing that type of character, right? I think that could have been pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Van Dam is miscast in here, and he's miscast a lot. Sure. And I think at times though that can be part of the charm in his movies. Like, if if you put someone in the, in the role that was maybe a little bit more suited for it, the movie may not be quite as good actually. Because it might have felt even it would have felt a little bit more by the numbers than it already is. That's true. Maybe without yeah, like a superstar you know? type personality with the that charisma, maybe it would have been like uh, oh, this is just fa- a nothing thriller, right? Like the fact that he sticks out like a a, th- a sore <laughs> thumb, like actually brings like attention to it and like adds like some extra spice to the movie that's yeah. that's needed. You know, where if it was if it was just somebody who was like like Nick Cage or Bruce Willis who like would, this would feel like one of those very, like one of those very like kind of super forgettable movies that Bruce Willis was doing like around this time, like yeah. Mercury rising and, uh, and stuff like that. Striking you know, like, distance. Yeah. You know, where you're just like, I don't even remember what that movie was about, you know, yeah. because he did fit in too much into something that was kind of bland, but yeah, that's a great point. So I think he works. I think he's a, a a great choice for this this movie. What do you think about Powers Booth in this and in general? I love Powers Booth. He's obviously a, a once in a lifetime talent. Here he's tremendous, and specifically, his best shit is going toe to toe with Little Girl. Yes, his banter and scenery chewing with her is a thirteen out of ten. Which should be annoying, like and usually in these types of movies, when the villain like is is going toe to toe with like a little kid, it's just so precocious and awful, and you're like, please stop. Uh, it works, you one hundred percent works in this, and I think it works in this because like his character is so unsavory, and you pointed out just how like surprisingly violent this movie is. It doesn't pull those punches even when children are involved for the most part certainly at times it does like or it gets a little cute with like like we brought, mentioned earlier about him signing i love you to his son while while winning the hockey game to win back his child's love uh but 
in terms of like the action and tension scenes, it really doesn't pull those punches. Um, I'm so for me, Powers Booth, he was definitely a guy when I first became aware of him, I was like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. Over time, I think, you know, particularly since he just was play the same character so frequently, it lost some of the juice for me. Yeah. You know, in a lot of movies and a lot of times you're like, oh, here's Powers Booth. He's the villain and he's going to act like this. And he's got a fake mustache again. Yeah. Uh, But I did enjoy him in this a little bit more, particularly also once the movie started moving along. I also love his disguise at the end. Oh, that's (laughs) that is just like I, I, I lost it. Like where he's just like with a blonde wig and mustache and. He just looks like, what is it? Uh, it's like, what was the characters they did? Uh, it was like on Saturday Night Live with like Chris Farley and like the Bears, you know? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He looks like that. Yeah, and the it's Chicago just, guys. It's so comical. Yeah, he really, it's it's funny the fact that the his banter with the little girl stands out so much, but he does this thing where he's down, he's crouched down on her level He's not, like, jerking her around. He's not screaming in her face or anything like that. But he is staring a hole through her. And yeah. everything that she says, he's got, like, he's obviously 16 steps ahead of her because she's a kid. But he's right. really, like, out to prove he's, like, nobody can match wits with me. No matter how, like, even a kid, like, right. I'm going to show you, right? He's got that superiority complex. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And then uh, the whole bit with the stamp. Oh yeah, uh, I thought that was great. Like she, it looked like she was attacking him, and then she ends up stamping him with her little stamp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so established. Uh, he also made Peter Himes also did Time Cop. Yes, with Van Damme. Which one's better, this or Time Cop? Oh, definitely Time Cop. Yeah, yeah. That's a overall. That's just a really great movie, and uh, it also has one of the all-time incredible movie moments where van damme like freezes a guy's arm and then like kicks it off and he says something i forget the line but it's the follow-up line uh like he kicks the guy's arm off says something about uh you know it being cold or whatever then the villain says something and then he says i should have said freeze yeah just mind-blowing stuff but overall that's just like a really well-made movie Right, and a really yeah. a pretty good time travel movie, like better than it has uh, any right to be, honestly. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it to be that you know as good as it is. Yeah, even like just some of like the like kind of like throwaway like I don't even say it's throwaway, but just like minor details. Like normally in a something like this, how the time travel is affecting the world is going to be so obvious. But I like how in that opening scene, or maybe it's not the very opening scene, but when they're kind of describing about to the guy being like when they're starting the time police division, they're like, okay, this is a secret. Um, but time travel has been invented. It's been, we've decided not to use it, but we think maybe some people got their hands on it and are creating ripples in time. And like, well, how do you know that? You know, because if you go back and change the past, you're not going to be aware of it because it's, you know, it's now already happened. And like the, the way that the way they explain that they've figured out ripples in time and stuff, is kind of, it's not like groundbreakingly smart, but it's just kind of refreshing because normally that stuff's kind of just taken for granted in, in time travel movies where it's just like, oh yeah, things are changed, blah, blah, blah. One person remembers, you know, but no one else does, you know, where it's, 
it's just a little bit more thoughtful in that. Yeah, respect. they do take the time to to care about that a little bit more, and it's not yeah. just a straight up action movie. And it's one of the the actually the the films that kind of showed a little bit more of a acting range for Jean Claude Van Damme, right? Like him mourning his wife and kind of being like a de- just like a depressed cop in the future, living alone and all that. It's pretty well, good. you know, Van Damme's pretty in- interesting in like how exponentially he got better as an actor in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. You know, and even like, even in like, say like 97 or whatever, 96, what time did uh, Son of Death come out? 95. 95. You know, like this is like, that's right at like, he's, he's peaking and he's about to go down and he's about to like go down pretty quickly, you know, in popularity. But he's, the amount of heat that he's progressed from, say blood sport to this where he's still not a great he's still not great he still has a very limited range but then when he got into like his directive video realm he actually still kept improving yeah you know and there are movies you can watch like there was that movie where he like kind of played a pseudo version of himself like the yeah jcvd yeah yeah which i don't think is a very good movie actually but he is like actually his performance is very good in that. Yeah. And if you can comp- and if you compare it against something, you know, from the start of his career or even ten years prior to that movie coming out, you'd be like, whoa, this is the same guy. Yeah, it's like he took the the opportunity to do all those movies as uh, like reps to yeah. get to get better and hone the craft versus like just phoning it in and doing like you know he could have just done the the same thing over and over again oh yeah absolutely and to i mean maybe to a lot of people he did but you know if you look a little closer yeah you can definitely see like i haven't seen all of them i've seen a good i don't know probably say like half oh well that's a lot of his uh his newer direct-to-video stuff but uh yeah he's he's putting in the work surprisingly yeah what a guy and then he shows up in the expendables 2 Yes. As a villain, knocks it out of the park. It's the best thing in the entire franchise. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, JCVD only came out came out in two thousand eight, so a little over ten years after after this. And yeah, the amount he's grown between between those two movies. I also heard that he's really good in um I've never seen it, but have you seen In Hell? Oh yeah. I've yeah, heard he's really good in prison, prison movie where he movie. wears a funny wig. Yeah, I've heard he's really good in that. Um, well, let's see. Any other highlights for you in, in Sudden Death, though? Anything? Uh, yeah, actually, that whole action sequence in the climax where they're on the roof of the arena and it's opening Yeah, is, like I said, aside from a couple of dodgy visual effects shots, is pretty mm-hmm. breathtaking, actually. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I was impressed. I was like, you could really feel, like, the scope and scale and, like, felt like there was, like, some real danger. Mm-hmm. And then when that the the terrace finally falls and it hits a scoreboard and it blows up, man, that's so satisfying. Yeah, I think this movie's a real treat, and it got me all fired up to watch more hockey related movies, even though they're going to be completely different. I'm gonna. I watch was gonna a, say like what hockey movies are. I mean, there's Slapshot. There's that. Well, I was. I guess it's not even really a hockey movie. It's about ex hockey players like the Cutting Edge. That's about <laughs> figure skating. I've already seen that. <laughs> I've never seen that one. Have you seen the sequel, Cutting Edge Two? No. Uh, let's see, we got that, and uh, uh, is that movie The Goon? Yeah, I have seen. Uh, I've seen some of the sequel to Goon, 
a goon last of the enforcers but i have not seen the original goon i actually got the two mixed up i thought there was only one movie but mm. apparently there's two and then uh like a mystery alaska never seen oh yeah never seen that there's that what's up there's that kurt russell one a miracle the, miracle based on a true story people say that movie's good but i've never it really seen happened it. but yeah i guess there's not a ton of hockey movies out there and none of them are like gonna be like this no, not quite. But they are movies I haven't seen, so I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna follow that trail until it ends. There we go. Uh, I don't really have a ton more on this. No, I think this is a good starter though. If you haven't watched yeah. too many Jean Claude Van Damme movies, or you mm-hmm. just want like a a diehard clone to chew on a little bit, I uh, I definitely recommend this. It does seem like this is a movie that like this is from his pro- like like I said like he's just about to peak. Like he makes the quest after this, which is his big like vanity project, and then after that, like his career massively starts nose diving, you know, pretty rapidly. This does seem to be like a one one from his prime era of people who are into Van Damme movies or '90s action movies or martial arts movies. A lot of people seem to have not seen this one, and I myself included until yeah. yesterday. So it's kind of interesting that this was the one of the this one kind of fell into the shuffle when it's kind of you just look at it budget wise and scope wise it's one of his bigger movies yeah you know? i mean obviously time cop is bigger and the quest is like a globe trotting epic but in terms of just like his like singular action movies it's it's got a pretty big scale to it you know yeah and hopefully it'll be a gateway into you know things you watch like uh hard target or universal soldier or you know any of his more martial arts focused movies from you know the late 80s right I thought, oh street fighter came out after this or before this i thought it was after wow i can't believe he survived uh that long right. after street fighter yeah i kind of i always kind of assumed that that was the movie that was like start like started his downward spiral that's such a weird Man, I could. I don't know if I could do a whole show on Street Fighter, but I could definitely talk about it because it's such a weird positioning of that property. Like, you can tell they really were just like, oh, it's a video game. This is a kid's movie. Right. And um, I don't know. Maybe kids did like it, but. I don't know. I mean, if you also, if you look at his career, though, overall, like his. his... I mean, while, even though he'd been working for a while, his uh, transition from like B movie guy to megastar is happens almost overnight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because he's made like Cyborg and Lionheart and Bloodsport, and then I remember when Double Impact came out, and it's like. It was like, oh, he's from being promoted as a movie star, but I have never heard of this guy before, you know? Yeah, the trailers, yeah, talk about him like you already know who he is. Right, and then within a couple years, I mean, yeah, Bloodsport had already happened, and, like, that was a movie that, like, I don't think at the time I had seen yet, but I knew of its existence, right? So I knew who Van Damme sort of was. Uh, But then it's like, yeah, portraying him as a megastar, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, hard target time cop you know yeah and then yeah then very quickly like what a interesting little rise to fame followed by 
Complete downward nose spiral. I'm still surprised that he managed to avoid some of the 90s trappings of like, and maybe this wouldn't have been a trapping for him. Maybe it would have actually been to his benefit, but there was a lot of action movies in the 90s where like Kindergarten Cop is a great example. Where right. it's like the action star kind of going against type, but also still being able to do some of the stuff that they do. Well, I think maybe that's what uh, uh, Street Fighter was supposed to be. Yeah. And it just was not successful it or was good. Not. I mean, Sudden yeah. Death could have, if you know, if you would have taken a little bit of a different angle on it, it, it almost could have been, you know, like lightened up the violence and you know, had more wisecracks and kind of goofy, like him fighting the mascot and like more stuff yeah. like that. Cause there is like some potential for some of those scenes to be really, I mean, the when he puts on the goalie suit, that is a very funny scene. Oh yeah. That all, I mean like that seemed like from a different movie, you know, yeah. which is what, which is great. What's great about it. But I was just like completely like aghast. I was like, what, what's, what's going on? <laughs> I turned away for two seconds and now he's playing hockey. Well, yeah. So there we go. Uh, yes, I would recommend this movie. Um, it wouldn't be like a a super intense recommendation, but I'd be like, yeah, this is definitely worth your time. Yeah, it's certainly not a waste of time. That's for, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there we go. Uh, maybe we can do. Well, if we if you end up seeing Godzilla minus one this weekend too, maybe that can be our next episode. Oh, maybe it might be Godzilla minus one. It might be. 2013's R.I.P.D. The Rest in Peace Department, starring Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges. Who knows? Anything Who knows? can happen as we yes. close in on 100 episodes. Jeez, Louise, that's insane. We're almost there. What's it gonna be? Nobody knows. Yeah. All right. Well, but I do know that's what wraps it up for this episode. So, thanks everybody. Um, we'll talk to you soon. And yeah, that's all I gotta say, Keith. What do you always say? He hit his head on the ice. He hit it so hard that his kids will be born dizzy. And until next time, the dumpster is closed. Goodbye, everyone. Everybody go back to doing what you were doing.